Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak, and with me today is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today on the show, we have Deputy Chief Chris Shung of the Mountain View Police Department. Chief Shung commands the Special Operations Division for the department and even crafted its digital communication strategy to focus on engagement, trust building, and real-time crisis communications, a model now held as a standard for law enforcement and the public sector across the country. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for uh, being here. Um, we're at our uh, 67th annual conference of members here in sunny Palm Desert. The weather couldn't be better. So this is a great time to, uh, to have an interview with you. And also, uh, he's one of our trainers our post-certified trainers for uh, crisis communication. So we're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I follow you on social media. I've been following you actually for quite a while. I know you do a ton of work out there and uh, anybody who is active on social media should definitely follow him because uh, he's definitely doing it well. So I'm glad that uh, we were able to snag him for a quick interview. Let's talk a little bit about social media. I mean, um, it's a pretty free-flowing conversation here and, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about some of the negative aspects of it, but uh, what do you see um, the positives in, in your development of a social media program at Mountain View Police Department? Well, uh, social media has kind of taken over the, uh, the entire world, if you will. Um, I think the best way to look at it is when you start to understand that everyone has a smartphone these days, people don't even really sit in front of their desktops anymore. They're really, no matter where they are, 24-7, they're on their smartphones and they're interacting with the world through their smartphones and social media platforms. Government, on the other hand, uh, by and large, tends to have a website type of uh, understanding of how things work. So the more you can kind of understand that these platforms serve as mechanisms for growing and engaging and building relationships with your digital community, the better it is. And what I always like to tell people is the closer your digital strategy can be to what you do in real life, the better. So it's really the, the biggest takeaway is we already have the tools. In law enforcement, we know how to talk to people. We know how to engage with the community. We know how to build trust. And it's really not that far-fetched to just take that into the digital world. In the development of the program, um, when did you feel it was important for you to to start? I know, you know, social media is fairly young, I guess, in terms. But was there something that prompted you to be like, hey, I need to take charge of this and I want to I want to lead our department in this direction and be more active on social media? Sure. So it was 2013 and I was a lieutenant at the time um, in the uh, quote unquote administrative uh, position, which is kind of like the dumping ground, right? I had everything from alarms to permits to communications and PIO kind of fell under there. And it kind of dawned on me that since we're in Mountain View, we're in the heart of Silicon Valley, we have a community who is uh, still, and even at the time, very connected with tech. Um, we had a presence on social media, um, but I think our understanding at the time was we just blasted information out, almost like a fax machine or an email. And so the epiphany at, in 2013 was, wait a minute, these platforms allow you to answer back when people were asking questions. And we started to take that approach. And the other component of that was 
basically humanizing our brand. Instead of sounding like government with zero personality, we, uh, you know, used professional sense of humor. We um, humanized our messaging. So if you were to listen to our voice and tone back then, the big shift occurred. We actually sounded like um, we would want our officers to sound out on the street. So the community completely resonated with that. Um, and the rest, as, as they say, is history. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I think social media is, is, is an amazing tool for not only, you know, the, the government, governmental agencies, you know, our, our police departments and sheriff's departments, but for the association and what we do and represent our associations, it's, it's a great tool for us to get messaging out. Um, you know, obviously we, uh, delve into the political side of things, um, different you know, measures going through, uh, the, or bills going through the legislature. And it allows us to kind of really focus on that and try to educate the public on those issues and also try to, you know, bring out that positive, um, those po- I always, I always tried to focus on the positive stories. I never, I never wanted to post negative stuff when I was the POA president. And I always told my folks just, you know, we, we want positive stories and whatever you can find to put out there to kind of change that narrative. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the interesting thing there is, uh, the positive stories, we have to have those, uh, because if we don't, um, no one else is going to tell those stories. But one of the things we learned over the years was even when there's negative events, the way you message that um, can be extremely effective and actually build even more trust with your community. And I'll share some of those this afternoon in our, our talk, but it's pretty incredible when the community understands that you're not just putting out a press release or saying no comment, but you're actually messaging to them. Um, they, they, they want to trust us, but in the absence of any of that type of engagement, um, you know, that void is filled by either the media, Hollywood, special interest groups. You know, one of the uh, challenges I, I encountered when I was the president of my POA, and I think we here at PORAC too, is so we'll be putting messages out and we're trying to uh, put it out in a positive way. But sometimes our biggest critics are our own members. Yep. And they're the ones that come across with some of the negative comments and you're trying and you're, and you're kind of like, Hey, man, we're trying to help here. And you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're throwing, throwing an anchor, you're throwing a, a <laughs> yeah, monkey exactly. wrench into this operation of what we're trying to do. Right. And if you just call me, you tell you where we're going with this and maybe you would be on board, but you, they, they don't see that. And when you're posting for say like the police department, I mean, do you talk to other people in your little group and be like, this is the post I'm thinking of putting out? What are some of the negatives that may come out of that? Or is this something you just do internally within yourself? Right. So one thing we learned early on was just that to make sure we didn't have that disconnect. My worst nightmare at the time and even now is if we posted something on social media and then a resident stopped an officer on the street to talk about it, and if the officer had no knowledge of it, that's a disconnect, right? Because the community on the outside, they're looking in, they think it's one and the same. So we did a lot of things internally, like um, we put up monitors in our briefing board and in our central hallways so that whatever we posted, as soon as they would post, our staff internally would see those. So none of these stories or campaigns that we would run would be a surprise. Um, and then we, you know, of course, early on, we had very little buy-in from the, the line level. No one wanted to, to help out. Um, we did find some, um, some a few believers in the beginning. And I think what made the difference was we would go old school and we would post messages of, um, let's give you an example, uh, a great arrest, a get great case. And we would tell a mini biography on that officer. And, and obviously we would ask the officer for consent, right? For how much they're willing to share. Um, you would post that and the community would just 
throw praise upon praise. And then here's where we went old school. We would print that out and nail it to the hallway and the bulletin board. And I would watch as officers would, would read these comments. And the biggest aha moment as an administrator for me was here you have the community, the silent majority who typically never comments. They don't come in, they don't bring cookies or donuts, whatever. But here they are commenting because that's the, the platforms they're on. And they're thanking the officers for what they're doing day to day. The officers see this. And to me, that type of um, encouragement is better than any administrative kind of, you know, attaboy chief's memo or whatever you might want to call it, um, because it really brings them back to why they got into this profession to start with. Right. And that was to protect those, you know, the, the majority of people out there. And it's too bad. You know, you, you all know you spend too much time on graveyards. You look at everybody. They're all parolees or meth heads. Right. And when you see these social media posts from the, the community that supports you, it really resets officers um, and their day-to-day duties and kind of brings them back to the core values of why we got, to, we got into this. And I think now more than, other, more than ever, you know, what we're facing in the media and then in Sacramento and the, the, the constant negativity and the basically attack on law enforcement, it's good for them to hear that. And we know that that community is out there. Um, it's also a challenge for us on the advocacy side to try to engage those supporters to get them to be active, to get them to show up at the ballot box, to get them to show their support for us and push back on some of the narrative that's going on right now, because, uh, it's, it's like blood in the water, if you will. I think, uh, um, the majority is, it is a silent minority, right? They, they, they go about their daily lives and they're not engaged politically and not engaged in the public, but they do support us overwhelmingly. You know, we just need to find a way to get that out there. And there's a way to strategically, professionally advocate versus take sniping shots on social media and then people right. look into you, find out you're an officer, and then whatever message you had is lost anyway because now it's this, you know, everyone's throwing mud at each other. Is the, um, outside of the examples that you've given us, um, what else are you doing to connect commu- with the community uh, via social media? Um, at Mountain View PD, we have a podcast, uh, Silicon Valley Beat. And uh, even that podcast, we're going to do an offshoot later on this year where, uh, you know, they have a, a cold case series. So there's that aspect of it. And we try to make a concerted effort that whatever we do online is in sync with what we do in person. So, you know, a Coffee with a Cop campaign will have a social media component, but obviously we'll have a, an in-person component. Um, we're on all the major platforms up to and including Snapchat because we understand that uh, our youth our high schoolers in Mountain View um, are predominantly on that platform as opposed to Facebook, which I hate to say it is for older people now, like myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, you bring up a really good point when it comes to social media and how it's evolved over time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say we're old, but in social media terms, we are old because you're right. I mean, you know, MySpace was the thing back right. in the day and then Facebook. And it's like, right. what's your strategy when new social media stuff comes out, do you, do you analyze it? Do you review it? Do you have a committee that looks at it and be like, Hey, this is, or do you just wait till maybe you hear stories from maybe the social media giants to say like, yeah, this is probably the new trend. All right. So in Mountain View, we have uh, 97 sworn and in, the, in our department, we, ha- I have one full-time PIO and she is phenomenal. Um, Katie Nelson. So, um, she's very much plugged in with what's out there, what's coming and by virtue of being where we are geographically, we actually have a lot of ties to these social media companies. So we kind of see stuff coming down the horizon a little bit sooner um, than most. But that said, even, you know, we don't haphazardly just jump into any platform. Um, When she wanted to do Snapchat, she came to me with the use case and said, basically, the uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, school shooting in Florida, all of the footage we saw that day coming out of the high school was actually on Snapchat. And she could tell just by the way the uh, 
the the framing was on the on the videos and that was kind of telling for us it's like you know if, if something were to happen god forbid in, in mountain view what's the quickest way we can reach kids who are trapped inside it's on the platforms that they're on already um and so that was important and, and it's kind of interesting a little side note is what now that we're we've been on snapchat it's actually been quite a uh, a platform to find runaway chronic runaway juveniles because we'll post on there and say, hey, we're looking for this person. All the kids are on there and they know where this kid is. And so they kind of almost get like shamed into calling us. And, and about an hour later, they'll call and say, hey, uh, could you remove that post? And, sure, we can. We just come on in, talk to us and, and we'd be happy to, to do it. Um, what are some of the tips uh, you can give when it comes to handling negative comments? I know we touched on it that they're out there mm, and right. clearly I see them and, and Damon talked about sometimes our own members are our worst uh, critics, um, understandably in some senses, but you know, how do you handle that? What do you, what do you do? What are your recommendations for other, uh, you know, associations or even just anybody in general to handle negative comments? Sure. It's, it's really to have a paradigm shift. So most will it approach a, ne a negative comment as a one-on-one -on -one battle, right? Trying to, trying to dis uh, approve or whatever point. Take that all off the table and really look at it differently where every negative comment is an opportunity to showcase your organization's professionalism. And I take it always back to in real life. Uh, imagine if you are on the street handling a call and there's a crowd forming and you got people chipping away about use of force or whatever. We all know from experience that it's the tenured street sergeant or the tenured officer who handles himself or herself professionally and explains hey, this is why we did what we did. Um, here's our policy, et cetera, you know, whatever it is. So the takeaway is you're actually speaking to the silent majority that's watching these conversations take place. You may never change the mind of the person who's trolling you or, or having some whatever negative comment. And we understand that. So when we respond in Mountain View, we are actually responding not just to the person who directed or is throwing negative comments at us, we know that there's a giant majority that's silent, that's watching this conversation take place. And so we speak to them uh, very much like at a, a council meeting, you know, someone goes off uh, their th for their three minutes. What's going to upset them more if you muzzle them, if you completely disregard their comment, or if you say something professional, like, you know, I, I thank you for bringing that up. That is something very important to me. Can we speak more offline about this? I want to learn more, right? And that really, that approach and that paradigm shift can make huge uh, inroads into trust for the community you're trying to build. I know uh, you instruct, uh, you do a lot of instruction uh, around the U.S. What are you finding with a lot of, maybe not so much the larger departments, but maybe the mid-sized to smaller departments? Are they receptive to the message that you're bringing about being on social media? Some are, some aren't. Um, when we first started in 2013, um, I would say the vast majority were not. Um, now, about six years later, it's, it's moving. I think most chiefs, sheriffs, start to understand that, okay, we can, we need to be in this game. Um, but the hard part a lot isn't necessarily at the top. It's generally middle management where someone in there is a hater. And so what you have is this, uh, situation where the PIO or whoever's in charge of the platforms is too far down the organizational, uh, food or the, the org chart. And, um, they can't do anything effectively because the haters blocking everything. So when I go around and teach, I always tell the chiefs and sheriffs, you need to put the PIO either next to you on the org chart or one step away reporting to a senior command staff member, because that does a lot of things that really clears the, the hurdles for, you know, getting cooperation. Um, it's really important for the PIO to know the voice and tone of the chief or the sheriff. So, you know, they speak on their behalf. So. Yeah, I can see that being a big issue. I mean, that the old adage where, uh, you know, I tell you something, you tell the person right, next to you, right. by the time it comes back to you, it's completely different. And that's mm -hmm. the same. And we see it all the time in our organizations where the chief 
will say something. Mm-hmm. And by the time it gets down to implementation, it's not what he said. And then he's upset. Like, where did this come from? It's right. People's interpretation is different. So, yep. And I know, um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't want to be on social media. And I've always felt that if you're the president of an association or a DSA, you need to be on social media and your association needs to be on social media because it's virtually free. Right. And you can literally get an unfiltered message out without having to go through the news media. And maybe individual members may not need it, but the reality is if you're leading a group of people, you should be out there publicly engaging with people because if you're not there, somebody else is writing the narrative for you. Right. Yeah. It used to be that your leadership branding or your advocacy was done through public events or going to conferences, et cetera. Well, take a look around at the private sector or even the government sector. Um, Every leader is on social media and not only are they present, they're developing their, their leadership brand on there. It takes time. It's, it's another skill set to learn, but it's a necessary thing in this day and age. I mean, you cannot afford to not be on digital at this point because the first thing anyone does when they, when you go and say something, they're going to look you up. What are they going to do? They're going to Google search you. And if there's nothing there, it tells them, okay, well, maybe this person has no opinions or presence. Um, And better yet, if you've taken the time to fill the digital space with maybe articles, um, editorials that you've written, your LinkedIn profile is solid. They, people can look you up and know exactly what you stand for and what you advocate for. That's key. And that's, that's a minimum standard. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of uh, some of the strategies we talked about, are there any um, recommendations from you that somebody could like immediately take right now and, and, and start it? Um, you know, if you're, if you're getting, just getting onto social media, um, it can be intimidating, but realize this, that when you start off, you have zero followers. So that's the time to make all the mistakes, get comfortable, um, start to learn the platforms better yet. If you have kids or teenagers, um, there's a very interesting dynamic that happens when a parent asks their teen how to use a certain platform. So that's a whole other talk, but, um, but really start to get comfortable, follow other leaders, um, and get a sense on style, figure out what your own style is. And of course, don't put anything out there that you wouldn't want, um, you know, thrown back at you for, you know, whatever reason. Very nice. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we may have missed? Um, no, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a constantly changing field. Um, I I wish you could like read a book textbook on it and then you'd be set. But the reality is, uh, this is constantly changing. And if we're sitting here this time next year, there might be a different platform or a different approach, but that's the world we live in now. And to be effective leaders, uh, we got to stay on top of things. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you coming in and sitting down with us. Hope you, uh, hope you enjoy uh, Palm Desert and uh, looking forward to your presentation to our members. You can follow uh, Chris on Facebook at Chris Shung. He's on Twitter at with at Deputy Chief Chris Shung and Instagram Chief underscore Shung. It's H-S-I-U-N-G. Um, I recommend that you follow him. He does uh, solid work out there. I've been following him for years and um, he's definitely doing it right. So I really thank you for coming in and teaching our members. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please join us on our social media platforms. Please subscribe and go to porac.org for more info and sign up for our mailing list. We're also now uploading the podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe to be sure to tune in on that platform wherever available. Don't forget to share our podcast with your Porac members, your family, and friends. All the best and have a safe day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 